0: I like uh, Patsy Caminetti. She said, if you do something great for God and you did it without being a person of prayer, you'll be the first person that's ever done that. If you do something great for God and you do it without prayer, you'll be the first person that's ever done that. In other words, we follow our Lord Jesus' example and uh, model our lives after prayer, and we rely on him. Uh, we're not doing our own thing. We're actually doing his thing. And uh, we're responding to him. And uh, he leads and he guides. And, uh, you know, we humble ourselves and we pray. We look to the Lord. I'm talking to us as Anchor Church. You know, that you, we're, we're people of prayer. And uh, if you're much used in prayer, then you can be much used other places. But if you're little used in prayer, you'll be little used other places. Same thing in our own personal life. Uh, There's something about those that spend time with the Lord that there is a heavenly fragrance about their life. The natural mind doesn't know much about that. The natural mind might recoil from that or just be puzzled by that. Because the natural mind is saying like, well, man, do you remember the disciples when Jesus rose from the dead? And he came and he was speaking with them, but they didn't know it was Christ. But while he was speaking, after, excuse me, after he walked away, they were talking to each other. They said, didn't our hearts burn within us while he spoke? In other words, you, we are three-part beings. Sometimes we're so body-focused. Sometimes we're so mental reasoning focused that we miss what God Himself is saying. Because He doesn't speak uh, to our minds, He speaks to our spirits. He doesn't speak to our bodies, He speaks to our spirits. But if you ever receive what He is saying to your spirit, it will affect your mind, it'll transform your mind, metamorphosize your mind, Romans says, that your mind will be completely changed. I remember uh, Teal Osborne said, he said, man, sometimes I look back at things that I used to say and books I used to read, and I think, where did that man go? Because so changed by the word of God, ministered by his spirit. When he, when he opens up his word to you, you know, you ever heard somebody say, one word from God can change your life forever. If you receive one word from God, that's like laser focus that you don't even understand. You think, well, I'm receiving this word for this thing. But you have no idea what the results of that thing are. I remember we used to uh, travel with Kenneth Hagin the last couple years. He was, he was here on the earth. And I remember being in Hayward, California at Mark and Brenda Thomas's church with Dad Hagin. And we were there. And, um, you know, uh, there at the end he had what the Lord uh, told him to call Holy Ghost meetings. And so this was like a Holy Ghost type of meeting. And so he went in the crowd and he's laying hands on people and he said, be blessed, be blessed, be blessed. People are falling out in the spirit. Well, they're falling out in the spirit. Well, we're traveling and you're thinking, wow, that's that's awesome. They're very blessed. And, you know, uh, they're overcome by the power of the spirit. So they couldn't even stand up. And then you go and you go to another meeting. And similar things happen, and you go you go to another meeting. Well, we got like to the third meeting after that. That was in the spring of the year in uh, 2002. And um, we get a report back from that meeting in California, which was two or three meetings before. And so the outward man would look and say like, wow, people are being blessed. They might run. They might dance. They might have fell out. Well, they had a good time. They were, they were blessed, right? You say, oh, that's a, that was an awesome service. You know what happened? There was actually a graduate from the Bible school in Tulsa there. He had uh, his, his dad was sitting next to him and had diabetes and his uh, mother had something and his brother and sister were there. And when hands were laid on him and said, be blessed, they fell out. They hit the other ones. Do you know every sickness and every disease instantly left their bodies? They were completely set free. Yet as a man would look at it, they'd say, well, those believers, they're just really excited and having a good time. Oh, no, the Holy Ghost can do more than what you comprehend or what you realize when you yield to Him. See, like they actually, you know, uh, john was it, was it Wesley? Who, when he was preaching over in Europe, he's like, you've got to come down out of those trees while I'm preaching because I don't want you to fall and get hurt. <laughs> because... When the power of God comes on to the one that is yielded in their spirit to him, there's going to be a response. And so they, uh, you know, the Lord said, lay, lay hands on people to bless them. So he's like, say, say, be blessed in the name of Jesus. And so they think, well, the Lord just bless him. But you know everything that's happening? You don't know everything that's happening. And what happens in your heart? When you're exposed to the anointing of God, do you know that, that that plants something within your heart, within your spirit, that actually produces life? Yeah. It'll actually grow. It'll actually expand. And it'll affect more than just, if you're talking about money, it affects a lot more than your money. Money is so, it's a tool that's necessary. But money is so secondary the Lord wants to bless you, but never get your focus on money. Never get your focus on, i got to have more of this and more of that. You know, there is no end to that. That's a road that you go down that will just like try to dominate your entire life. God wants us to prosper. He wants us to have all sufficiency in all things so we can give into every good work. Yes. But he does, the, the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Like, in other words, I've got to have more. I've got to have this. I've got to have that. Well, you might need more. Maybe all your needs aren't met. But never put money first. This is a funny service. Praise the Lord. (laughs) That's funny. Like, this past week, I saw myself saying what I'm getting ready to say right now. (laughs) You know, uh, I am so grateful. And uh, Kenneth Hagin was not Jesus. But I'm thankful that he followed the Lord, that he acted in faith when he was on that bed about ready to die. And he responded to what, this is the same thing, to what the Spirit of God was doing on the inside of him. He said, I I read that verse, Mark 11, 23 and 24, and I read it, and he said, I knew I wasn't getting it, but something kept telling me it's in that verse. It's in that verse. Your answer's in that verse. Whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and doesn't doubt in his heart, but believes that whatever those things he says will come to pass, he'll have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, what things, soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you'll have them. He said, I knew it. He said, I must have said that like 2000 times in the night. I just kept quoting that verse because why? He was responding to his spirit. That's what I'm telling you. If we learn to respond from our spirits, you'll be saved from all a ton of junk in life. The Holy Spirit will lead you and guide you, but it's so easy to get under the pressure of a schedule or what other people think you're supposed to be doing. The, the life of a believer is an individual relationship with God through his son, Jesus Christ, that is also expressed in the family of God, the body of Christ corporately. But, there, but in other words, just because I am born again and my wife is born again does not mean that my children are born again. They have to each receive Jesus in their own life to be born again. And so, you know, Jesus appeared, Brother Hagin had a vision of Jesus like eight times in a period of like 10 years, and then he had another one and other ones. But like what he called eight major visions, nine really. You count 1987. So, but do you know the first time that Jesus appeared to him, what he said? He, He said many things, actually. I don't know everything he said. But one of the things he said, or two things that really stood out to me, he said, number one, he gave him a special anointing to heal different things. And he said, number one, always give me all the glory. And he said, number two, be careful about money. Many upon whom I have placed my spirit and called to such a ministry have gotten money-minded and lost the anointing. So, the Lord taught me so much through him. He's my father in the faith. So, I try to be real careful about money. Because... Uh, I don't want to get money minded and lose the anointing. You need money. But as a minister and as just a believer, a human on the earth, it's easy to get distracted by money. And sometimes it's not because you have a whole abundance of it, (laughs) many times it's because uh, you're like facing, staring lack in the face. You're like, uh, I don't want to be money minded. Never put money first. Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. you. You put money in its rightful place. One of the best ways to do that is to sow. You know, it's just, my sowing is not only, my, yeah, I love God, and so I obey him and I tithe. I love God, and so I sow. I want to see his work continue. I want to be a part. Like, I can take something tangible, and I can be a part of what he's doing. But I also sow because I refuse to be dominated by money. Because it's so easy for that to creep in and get a higher priority. Hallelujah. (laughs) Uh, You know, Pastor Mark Hankins, uh, I like what he says sometimes. He said, sometimes people have exchanged the anointing and the fivefold ministry for a building. Now, we're going to have a building. It would be a very excellent building, a very blessed building. But what I'm saying is sometimes ministers even, uh, uh, they'll pay for a building, and they'll make, I mean, hundreds of thousands of dollars a month building payment. Uh, but they won't have a, a prophet come in or an apostle come in, missionary come in. If they haven't come in, they'll just give them a little bit of nothing. All the financial honors go into the sheetrock, you know. <laughs> where your treasure is your heart will be also. You can't serve God and money or the love of money or the power of money or the influence of money or the access of money. And so praise the Lord. Uh, be careful about money. Don't let money get the first place. Cuz where your treasure is there your heart will be also. That is really a different offering message. <laughs> than what I, I, I thought was gonna come forth. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But money is uh, affects all of us, and uh, you know we kind of interact with money, and uh, it's important that money's not your God. Now you find you, you might find yourself in a situation like we did when we were first starting out in ministry, and um, you know. We didn't have, we had money to tithe and give little offerings, but man, our heart was like, I want to sow more. I want to sow more. So we prayed together. We didn't have any kids, didn't have a lot of uh, responsibilities like that. And so we felt like the Lord said, uh, well, if you want to give more, why don't you sell your house and uh, move in someplace smaller? So we did. We moved into an apartment so uh, that we could give. And that was a challenge to sell the house. It took a year for that thing to sell. But it's sold cash, hallelujah. <laughs> if you've ever been in a closing with cash, you're like, is that all we have to do? <laughs> that was easy. And, uh, and then uh, we kind of put the ship in a better direction. When we put it in a better direction, then our sowing was able to go up. Well, he said, I'll multiply your seed sown. If you sow generously, you'll reap generously. <clears throat> And so the Lord increase, increase, increase. And so, you know, what I'm trying to say by that is sometimes uh, you might be like, okay, Lord, this has got to change. Sometimes that doesn't, the natural doesn't always change overnight, <coughs> especially concerning finances. God works through people concerning finances. So he'll put it on someone's heart to sow a seed. He'll put it on someone's heart to bless you. Uh, he'll put it on someone's heart. You'll, you know that the windows of heaven be opened over your life? Literally, that means that you'll have opportunity after opportunity after opportunity. Sometimes people are saying, Lord, I'm trusting you for a great financial increase. And somebody say, hey, you know what? Uh, uh, I got a side job you could do. Make a ton of money. Well, no, I'm trusting the Lord. <laughs> or you get a new, a new job opportunity. I don't just jump after a new oh, well, of course, I don't because I'm pastoring. <laughs> Before, I don't just jump at a new job opportunity. I'm checking in my spirit. Mm-hmm. Right. Do you know there's like, we live in a little town called Marshall, about 2,000 people. In that little town, there's this Ford dealership. And that Ford dealership is the oldest Ford dealership in all of the United States of America. And so they have a little repair shop there. I've gotten the truck inspected and stuff like that there. And I needed to call there about a month ago, a month and a half, maybe two months ago now, for something. Uh, anyhow, I don't remember what it was. So I, I called them, and the, the receptionist answered the phone. And uh, I'd been there before and, and talked with the, the team that's there. And... Um, uh, she said they're not taking appointments right now, and I said they're not. I said, "Well, when they will be? When, when will they be?" And she said, "I don't know." And I said, "You don't know?" <laughs> and I said, "Well, is there somebody else there? No, I'm the only one here, <laughs> and I'm just answering the phones. They just hired me to answer the phones." Well, she can't tell. She couldn't apparently tell me. Didn't have permission to tell me what's happened. But something—the Ford dealership is gone. <laughs> Like, all the cars are there. There's brand new cars there, sitting for a month and a half. I mean, they must be losing a ton of money on these things. No salesmen. no parcel. All the mechanics are gone. All the salesmen are gone. Imagine if you took a job there the month before. I don't know. I mean, you think, like, he's going to tell us the end of the story. I don't know the end of the story. I want to find out. But imagine you're like, oh, this is great. I got this job. You think the Holy Ghost didn't know that was going to happen? Man. You develop and follow in your spirit because God speaks to you through your spirit. Proverbs says that the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord searching all the inward parts of the belly. I love that. Do you like how he says that? Searching all the inward parts of the belly. You know, like when you're trying to ascertain, okay, what's the Lord's will in this? How is he leading me in this? Well, how is he speaking about this? You're like searching it out. You're like, exactly what is that? Why? Well, because many times, uh, especially if there's pressure, you got lots of thoughts coming. And you, you know, like, I got this deadline. I have to meet this deadline. I have to know by this date. I have to be you know, healthy by this date. This has to happen. And all of a sudden you get outward pressure. God doesn't work through outward pressure. The devil does. I'm not saying all pressure is the devil. But he wants to, uh, the Lord will invite you and provide for you access that you can openly receive and enter into. But the devil will try to surround you and overpower you and get you in a corner and squeeze you. Boy, that is the time to humble yourself and pray. Mm -hmm. Say, Lord, I I don't understand all of this. I can't explain all of this. But I know that you love me. And I know that you made a way for me. And I know you have a plan for me. Mm -hmm. Like, you, you know... Uh, It really doesn't matter your age in here, but we got a lot of young people in here that you don't have to go through a bunch of junk in your life while you're growing up and following the Lord that your path can be laid out ahead of time by the Lord and it actually has been, but that can actually be revealed to you and open to you. So all these other people that are going through a lot of stupid stuff and they think that's fun. You don't have to do that. You say, as for me, I will serve the Lord. And there is a satisfaction that God gives in your real person that nothing that the world has to offer could ever compare to that. You'll have flashes of good feeling flesh for a moment, but it is not eternal. I mean, you think somebody looks good, just take like a Hollywood actress who seems to be like, or actor, seems to be like the world standard, Uh, go look at one that's like still alive and in their 80s. (laughs) You know what? Look at some of the men and women of God who have been faithful and served in ministry for say like 40 years or 50 years or 30 years. Look at their, look at how, I'm not trying to be just natural, but look at how beautiful they are compared to these people in Hollywood. What happens in your heart will affect your life. And you've got, you got a satisfaction that, that you cannot buy that is worth more than any amount of money. Man, when I found out, I began began to see these things. And then somebody before, I don't remember who wrote that song, probably Keith Moore or Clint Utterbach or somebody like that. But uh, that song, No More Bondage, my wife was referring to. Man, that thing just like put words to what was happening in my spirit. And I remember it still to this day, that song gets me excited. Because why? Well, I thought, you know, you're just going to go through life. You're going to go through sickness. Uh, You're going to go through life and maybe you're going to be poor. Maybe that's the way to actually be humble is to be poor. You're going to be bound by something. And when I found out, I still, I'm still in awe of God. That when I, when I approach life and things come against me, well, those things can certainly dominate me if I let them, if I don't turn to the Lord, humble myself under his mighty hand, so he'll lift me up. Right. Right. That's good. But they don't have to because Jesus, Jesus took care of it. He took it away. He, he took its power I like in Isaiah, in Amplified Translation, it says these former things, these things that used to happen, they are like powerless ghosts. Our former masters are like powerless ghosts. In other words, there may be like, uh, I don't even know what a ghost looks like, but you know, (laughs) the form, this thing, you see the form, you see the shape, you're kind of aware of it. But you know, if you don't like give into that thing, That thing has no power over you. Actually, you are a slave to the one whom you obey. Of sin leading to death or righteousness leading to uh, life, Paul said. So think of it. Think of a little child. I have some little children. Hi. Hi. that afraid of a, a fictitious ghost you ever had fear come on you you'd be a slave to fear there is nothing there maybe it's the wind or something you'd be like afraid to move in your bed you become a slave to the one you're obeying you're obeying that fear Fear can be a dreadful thing. It can actually be, literally, just the wind. All of a sudden, that fear come on you. You open the door to fear. That thing will try to grip you, try to rule you. But we have the name of Jesus, and the blood of Jesus, to set us free. So we're not bound up. We're free. Hallelujah. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony and did not love their lives unto death. In other words, you know, I I said last week that that actually that death, that uh, (laughs) testimony, word of their testimony, is the same root word for witness, which is the same root word for martyr. So in a sense, every believer that's doing it right ought to be a martyr. I don't mean like you're going to die in the flesh. (laughs) Literally, when I look that up, most occurrences of that word that they uh, put the English word martyr for that are in the New Testament are actually referring to that you don't let your flesh and your unrenewed mind dominate you. That you love not your life unto death. You love not the world unto death. You love not the things of the world unto death. In other words, you're like, no, I'm, not, I'm dead to that. That's not going to dominate me. I don't, I'm not moved by what I see. I'm not moved by what I feel. I am moved only by what I believe. And this is what God has said. And if you stand on what he has said, you have substance for your faith, and you can walk out on the aching void of nothingness with nothing under your feet but what God has said. And that is more real than what is under my feet right now, this concrete and tile and glue that somebody else has placed there. Why? This and the elements that make this up will pass away, but God's word is eternal. When you grab hold of the word of God, you have grabbed hold of a substance that goes beyond time and dominates time, that goes beyond the natural and dominates the natural. In other words, you take his word concerning healing and your natural body might look like there are problems or the doctors might test and say there are problems in your blood. But you take the word of God and that will annihilate any deformity or deficiency or disease or problem in your body Uh, we were created by the words of God he created mankind and then he breathed or literally means inspired his very breath into mankind and then the devil came and deceived mankind. Actually, God said, here, look, I have made the, 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 the earth and everything in it, and I made it for you. I'm going to give you dominion over it. I'm going to put you in charge, Adam. Put you over it. So you're like king of the world. What happened? The serpent, that cunning guy, that sneaky guy, he said, you know what? I'm going to go and I'm going to conquer the king of the world, the earth, Adam. What happened when a king goes and conquers another king? He gets his kingdom. So Ephesians tells us that Satan is the God of this world. So God did not create like the devastation. That's all part of the curse. Romans tells us that even the creation is groaning for its own redemption. The earth and mankind was not made for destruction and perversion, but was made for life and fellowship with God himself. So God is a just God. So he's not going to like say, Adam, this is yours for whatever lease you want to call it that Adam had, and then just take it away from the devil till his time's up. But you know what? He came, God came in Christ As a man, flesh and blood man, fully man, and fully God, with the exception, he humbled himself and laid aside all of his mighty power and his mightiness and his glory, and everything he did, he did as a man. So like the actual... uh, um, Uh, courtroom of heaven if you want to call it that that he was just like he didn't didn't sneak around and say I'm going to defeat the devil as God no I'm defeating him as a man because a man was defeated by him now a man will defeat him so he came and he defeated the devil in all of his manifestations in all of his ways uh, at every point to the uh, further than the devil took us he he re- returned it in other words he took the penalty for everything jesus himself he came under that curse you know it's worse actually i just misquoted the bible 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, "He did not say he came under the curse. He became a curse. Or that's a, a Galatians says that. He became a curse. So he took it. And everything that results from that curse, sometimes we think this is my problem. No, generally your problem is you need to make an adjustment in your submission to what God has said and your declaration of what he has said. Because everything that pertains to life and godliness is ours through the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. As soon as you know Him, like Paul said, I pray that you may know Him. Paul even said, he said, uh, Philippians chapter 3, he prayed for himself. He's praying like for the church at Ephesus, for a spirit of wisdom and revelation in knowing Him. In Philippians chapter 3, I think it's verse 10, he said that I may know Him and the power of His resurrection... We like that part. And the fellowship of his sufferings and being made conformable unto his death. Well, part of his death was, Jesus said, I don't do anything of myself. I only do what I hear my father say. I am completely humbled and submitted to him. I can't stay away from it, can I? Praise the Lord. You know, there's this series coming up that you do not want to miss. And I can't even, I walked into my house the other day because I was uh, studying outside and I came inside and I walked into the house and I I went to the restroom and I came back out and I couldn't even speak. I was in tears and in awe and just like amazing. And I'm so excited for this series and it's on humility. And uh, I was humbled. (laughs) (laughs) Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So, um, thank you, Lord. So, uh, well, it's 12.04. You see that time? (laughs) Praise the Lord. So now I'm asking on the inside without saying on the outside, so you know what I'm saying. Like, Lord, what do I do? (laughs) You know, there is uh, something that's been rolling around in my spirit for Years, and it keeps coming up, and so maybe I'll just say it, and I've said it before on some other services, but I think it's appropriate right now, is that, you know, the Lord talked to Kenneth Hagin, and he said, there is a move of the Spirit that will be lost to this generation if you don't teach them. And we love the Word of God, but if you get the Word of God without allowing His Spirit to teach you explain it to you, make it real to you, make it, make it like, uh, working in your life. It's dry. You'll dry up. That that was never the plan. Jesus, Jesus said, you know, he was the word is the word. He said, it's better for you that I go away because if I don't go, he's the, this, this one that is my spirit that will embolden you and strengthen you and lift you up. He's not going to come. But he says, "So it's so much better if I go, because now I can be in every single one of you instead of you just saying, hey, I want. Where's he at? I want to go there. Where's he at? I want to go there.'" And so, my, so, many people misinterpreted, or I don't know, I shouldn't say misinterpreted, but I just believe that there's a lot more uh, to what the Lord told him. Uh, and I, 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 man, I love to run and dance and rejoice, and that is a is a demonstration of the work of the Lord. And like even we said earlier, sometimes things happen in those environments that you're not even aware of. I mean, wow. But that's a lot more than just like being wild, so to speak. The move of the Spirit, that'll be lost. And so if uh, His people, us, the Church of Christ around, If we just stay so conscious of mental things and physical things, we'll miss out on God's best. But we're not going to do that. So we make room for the move of the Spirit of of God. And we humble ourselves so that he can uh, say what he wants to say and do what he wants to do. If you come with your agenda, uh, well, the only things you're going to go through are your agenda. (laughs) And how smart are you? How smart am I? B.B. Hankins, Pastor Mark Hankins' father, he said, you know, if you listen to the Holy Ghost, he'll make you look smart. If you ignore him, you'll just look normal. (laughs) I don't want to be normal. (laughs) I'm not satisfied with normal. God has not called us to normal. We are a peculiar people. You are royalty. You are a royal generation. It's so unwise to compare yourself to other people, because generally what happens when you do that is instead of the bar being where God has set it, everybody comes down and like, well, they're doing it. So it's okay that I'm doing it. You know, I'm doing better than them. Self-righteousness. Man. Not only does self-righteousness keep you out of the presence of the Lord, but it brings... You are a gift to the body of Christ and to the earth and to everyone in the world. And you have callings and anointings and you have giftings from God that He wants to develop in you so that you can flow in them and He can bless all of humanity. But until you are so full of God and filled with the Spirit, some gifts are like Holy Ghost activated. You don't even realize, I think Wigglesworth said that, you don't even realize until you're filled with the Spirit what you have and what you're called to do. That you have to be so aware of God and so yielded to Him that you're like, okay Lord, it's not my thing anymore, this is your thing and I'm just going to follow you and if you want me just to be a doorkeeper in your house I'm going to be the best doorkeeper the world has ever seen. And when I open that door, your anointing is going to be on that. And when the anointing comes, burdens removed, yokes destroyed. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil because God was with him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Those things that we have seen and heard and our hands have touched of the very words of God or the very words of life, that's what we're declaring to you. In other words, every one of us, not just those like up here, every believer is to go to God himself and spend time with him and come out f- full of his grace and knowledge of his grace and his power and his uh, direction and his light and carry it to the world. Amen. <laughs> that our life is a life that is not ours anymore, but it's now him living in us and through us. How much difference could one man make? Look at the man Jesus Christ. <laughs> People might get upset at you. If they persecuted him, they're going to persecute you. Lord bless them. I plead the blood of Jesus over them. So we declare what we have personally experienced. And if you have not personally experienced, you don't have much you can talk about. That's going to lift people and raise people and bring them up. Paul said, you know, again and again, uh, let all things be done to edify or to build up. Like, Like, what are we doing? We're building up. We're putting something into you. Like, not from me. I don't have much that I could give you. But man, if you receive the words of God in your spirit and you respond to those, you have a source and a foundation that is worth more than millions I got to requote the psalm than millions of gold and silver I esteem your word above all else to be true and I hate every false way hallelujah stand with me As we go, all right, before we leave, uh, come up here. I'm going to pray, and then uh, we're going to worship the Lord in in giving and with a a music song. What song are we singing? Oh, my. I like that song. (laughs) So we just worship the Lord. Uh, You can go ahead and um, pass the buckets now so that... uh, as we worship with our giving, then we can also worship with our voices. And um, as, as we sing this song, maybe if you don't even want to sing it, you just want to, you know, uh, put your body in whatever position helps you receive from the Lord the most. If you want to sit down or stand up or walk and pray, you can. But <laughs> let the Lord speak to your heart right now. Let the Lord do something in your heart. And if you'd like hands laid on you for healing... You want us to agree with you in prayer? Uh, feel free to come forward. We'd be happy to mm-hmm. minister the anointing of God to you. It, it'll change you. You young people, you just be full of the Holy Spirit, full of the Word and full of the Spirit. You'll bust right through. You, you, you know, if you let the Lord live through you and in you, you'll be a blessing to generation after generation. You give God the glory. The Lord is good. His mercy endures forever. Father, we thank you for your word to us today. Father, I pray that for each one of us, the things that you have implanted into us, that you've caused us to hear, that we wouldn't hear it just with our natural ears, but we'd hear it with our hearts. Father, allow, we allow your word to take root in us and to produce after its kind. That your life within us reproduce not only in us, but in those around us and in the world. Father, I pray that you'd open every heart to your plan, Father, that none of us would come short of what you want to do through us and what you want to do in us. Father, we pray for a great awakening, Father, that all of those believers that are living, but they're dead, living, but they're asleep, Father, wake them up, quicken us, Father, that we don't miss what you've called us to do, that we don't hold back on what you're directing us to do, but we enter in and rise to the full potential of your call upon our lives. Father, for this region and this area, we lift it up to you in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, that is above every other politician and every other leader and every other voice. I plead the blood of Jesus over the Washington, D.C. metropolitan area. Father, we pray that all of your churches that are here that believe in your name that words would come forth from their pulpits, from their ministries, from every outlet that are birthed in heaven. And Father, that light in this region from you would shine so bright that the darkness does not comprehend. Father, I thank you that you are greater than whatever wicked forces try to control this region, and this nation, and the world, we thank you that we are your children, bought by the blood of your Son, that we are not under the dominion of the kingdom of darkness, but we are children of the light, and that darkness has no place in us, or on us, or around us, that as we step forth, that we step forth in your anointing and in your power, and that when we step forth, we bring you with us, And Father, that we yield to you and allow your words to come forth and spring forth from our mouths, that we allow your anointing to flow through our bodies to others. Father, we thank you for your very presence, that even even like Wigglesworth would be with people, that they would know that you were there. Father, that your anointing and your presence overshadowing the situation. Father, that we don't live out of our flesh and out of our experience, but we live out of you and your word. Your word is truth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.